Borida, good morning and welcome to the parish of Castlechur and Gosainen. We're recording today in St Catherine's and it's Mothering Sunday. It's so good to have you with us. We've got a guest speaker this morning, Mandy Bainton. She's the Bishop's Officer for Outreach and Evangelism in the Diocese of Swansea and Brecon. An impressive title, but she has an impressive God to share with us. Karen's going to be reading from the Magnificat and during the service, we're going to be thinking about the lessons that we can learn from Mary and what that means for us today. I hope that you'll be blessed as you worship with us, that you'll see Jesus more clearly, follow him more nearly and love him more dearly. So let's worship together. The Old Testament reading is taken from the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 20. So it was that Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel 
and explained, I asked the Lord for him. The time came again for Elkanah and his family to go to Shiloh and to offer the Lord the yearly sacrifice and the special sacrifice he had promised. But this time Hannah did not go. She told her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will take him to the house of the Lord, where he will stay all his life. Elkanah answered, All right, do whatever you think best. Stay at home until you have weaned him. And may the Lord make your promise come true. So Hannah stayed at home and nursed her child. After she had weaned him, she took him to Shiloh, taking along a three-year-old bull, ten kilograms of flour, and a leather bag full of wine. She took Samuel, young as he was, to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. After they had killed the bull, they took the child to Eli. And Hannah said to him, Excuse me, sir, do you remember me? I am the woman you saw standing here, praying to the Lord. And I asked him for this child, and he gave me what I asked for. So I am dedicating him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he will belong to the Lord. Then they worshipped the Lord there. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, the disciple from whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. This is the word of the Lord. The reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hi everyone, Shamai. It's so lovely to be with you here today. One of the things I love about my job is that I get to meet different church families in person and online, and it's an absolute joy. So thank you for having me. A disclaimer at the beginning of today's talk is that I'm a woman of a certain age. I often forget who I am, where I am, what I'm talking about, and so I have to write everything down. So hence this rather large amount of paper. I also cry at everything, and apparently, according to my husband, I can be pretty irrational. So who knew? Apparently it's got so bad in our house that my husband was Googling homeopaths and menopause the other night and I asked him what he was doing and he looked at me with desperation in his voice and he said, let's face it, hun, we need all the help, help we can get. So don't say I didn't warn you. I'm also delighted to come and speak to you today on Mother's Day, although I do think today can be a complex day for so many of us. My family is very complex, like many of ours. I couldn't wait to be a mummy when I was a little girl. I didn't have many ambitions. All I wanted to do was travel the world and be a mum. And then my marriage collapsed and I ended up being a single parent for 15 years. Not quite the life I imagined or intended. My sister has a very different life journey to mine. She has chosen not to have children. She lives in New York and she's a director and a producer. And she's produced a documentary called To Kid or Not to Kid. I even have a small role in it. It's on Amazon Prime. So you didn't realise that today you were going to have a minor Christian celebrity coming to talk to you, did you? We have family members who are unable to have children, others who have fostered and adopted, others who have lost their mums, and others who have had mums that have hurt and let them down. So today isn't always an easy day, but of course I recognise the richness of mothers and the blessing that mothers are. But I want to say today to all women, whatever your life journey, thank you for who you are and for what you bring to our world. Our world is richer because you are in it. Each of us here today has a story to tell. We probably won't make it into a documentary like my sister, but each of us has something that is completely our own. No one else has the same story. This book, I love my Bible because the cover's all squishy. This book is full of stories, stories of real flesh and blood people. The stories in the Bible weren't just written for first century Christians, they were written for 21st century Christians here in Swansea to help build our faith, to equip us on our journey, to help our story become stories of faith and courage and of love and kindness. And because I'm the diocese officer for evangelism and outreach, yes, it is a mouthful, I'm hoping the new bishop will change my title, I hope that we are able to share our stories with others so that they can discover the transformation that Jesus can bring to their story and how they can discover the greatest love story ever told for themselves. Each of our stories will contain where we came from. They will tell of how we've reached the different stages on our life journey. They will tell of our joys and our tragedies, our triumphs and our defeats, our loves and our sadnesses. And my story is a very ordinary story, but it's made extraordinary by the grace of God. Because I believe this book, the Bible, could be dedicated to all those people who feel ordinary, 
for all those who have had their hearts broken and for those who are looking for their stories to have purpose and meaning. The common ground that we may have with the people whose stories are in the Bible is that we may also have been to places where our hearts have been crushed, where our faith has been stretched, where we have doubted, where we have felt abandoned and alone, hopeless, purposeless. The Bible was intended to help us feel less alone because within those pages there are stories of those who got it wrong, stories of those who got it right, stories of those who struggle, have, have doubts, feel worn out, stories of those who show faith in the most difficult circumstances, stories of those who display great courage, stories of great kindness and great love, stories which reveal God's character to us, which show us how much he loves us and who he is. On this Mother's Day Sunday, I'd like to to spend a few moments listening to a story of an ordinary woman whose life was made extraordinary, the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary would have lived at quite a difficult time in Jewish history. She would have seen the end of the reign of Herod and all the rebellions that accompanied that end. She would have seen the Roman legions coming into Galilee to squash the rebellions and the atrocities associated with those legions. The Romans occupying occupying Galilee would have made it an oppressive place for the Jews. We know from Jewish writings that the Romans burnt cities and took Jewish people away into, into slavery. Mary was also living in a time when God had been silent for about 400 years. The Jewish nation were waiting for the promised Messiah. They were living in faith, but I'm guessing their faith was being stretched to the nth degree. It must have been an unsettling and difficult time. We are introduced to Mary in her early teenage years. Most likely she would have been around 12 to 14 years old. Her story begins with her being engaged but not yet married to a a man named Joseph. It was common in biblical times for, for for women to be married at a young age. The society Mary lived in would have meant that the actual marriage involved two stages. First of all, there was the engagement, and then, after an interval of several months, perhaps a year, the young girl would have been taken to the house of her husband-to-be. Once they started to live together, they were considered properly married. A bit different to my two daughters' weddings when they had 220 guests and a big marquee and a big celebration. The choice of husband was made by the family, and it was the legal agreement between the father and the husband, and the young woman would not have had a say in who she was going to marry. A woman who became pregnant outside of marriage in Mary's time would have been terrified. The whole social structure was set up for children to be born within marriage. Women who became pregnant outside of marriage would probably have had to leave their homes and their families. They would be married off quickly or banished And that often led women into prostitution or slavery because they would have had no way of supporting themselves. Surely it would have been enough for any young woman to cope with having to leave home at her age and to move in with a man who is unfamiliar to her, a man you barely know, and to start to run a household. I actually think it must have been quite terrifying for young Mary As a young teenager, you should be spending endless hours on TikTok watching I'm a celebrity and worrying about whether you're going to get your homework done, not worrying about becoming a wife and possibly a mother. So 
there's Mary waiting, waiting to leave home to start a new life. And then something happens. Something shockingly momentous happens. Something that the Jews had been waiting to happen for hundreds of years. Something that would change the course of history and would change the world forever. Can we imagine what Mary must have felt like? There she is, sitting in her lounge, happily munching on a packet of hobnobs, waiting for the um watching for the umpteenth time a Justin Bieber YouTube video, when an angel bursts into the room and says, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Can you imagine a teenager sitting there and that happening to them? Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel says. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Oh, that's okay then, Mary says. I was worried it was going to be something important. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being told that not only are you going to have a baby, but he's going to be the son of God. I've often thought about how I would react. I would be terrified, skeptical, doubtful of my own sanity, never mind doubtful of what the angel was telling me. But Mary asks, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And that absolutely amazes me. She didn't turn around and say, look, angel mate, you are absolutely off your rocker. Stark raving bonkers. What on earth are you talking about? She didn't start screaming for her parents. She reacts by saying, okay, if that's going to happen, how will it happen? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Wow, Mary hears all that and to top it off, she hears her old cousin, Elizabeth, is going to have a baby and she says the most stunning statement ever. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary's story shows us so much about courage and faith. Mary wasn't a mature woman that had been around the block a few times and got to that stage in her life that nothing surprised her. She was a young girl on the cusp of womanhood with very little life experience. We can perhaps assume that because of the culture Mary was raised in, that she would have been familiar with scripture and the prophecies about the coming Messiah. But I'm guessing it wouldn't have occurred to her that she had a key part to play in fulfilling those prophecies. Mary had to know that it would be difficult and probably impossible to get people to believe what she would tell them. Part of the cost for her would have been dealing with the doubt, suspicion and rejection she would very likely encounter. And yet she was so willing to say, I am the Lord's servant, May your word to me be fulfilled. I wonder how we react when God asks us to do something that is so very far out of our comfort zone and which will be costly. Do we willingly say, I am your servant, Lord? Or is the reaction much more like mine often is, who, me? No way, Lord, not me. Surely there's someone else who can do it, Lord. 
Very shortly after Mary's encounter with the angel, she left Nazareth and went to visit Elizabeth. The Bible doesn't tell us whether Mary struggled with concerns, worry, or even fear. I kind of wish it did. Did she worry how she was going to explain the situation to Elizabeth? And would Elizabeth believe her? But how wonderful it must be for Mary when she turns up at Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, shouts out, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. This passage is beautiful because it shows us something quite wonderful about being in a relationship with God. When God calls us to serve him, he doesn't say, right, this is what I want you to do. Get on with it. He always provides the resources for us to carry out the task. If we are believers in the Lord Jesus, then his spirit dwells within us and his spirit empowers, equips and enables us. He's given us his word to guide us and teach us and he's placed us in, within us, he has placed us within a body of his people, his church. So each of us can encourage and love each other and be there through, for one another through the joys and the challenges of life. Each of us, each of us can be an Elizabeth for a Mary. After seeing Elizabeth's reaction, Mary must have felt so loved and reassured that she breaks out in proclaiming God's, God's goodness. Mary bursts out with those beautiful words that we heard read earlier. She is thankful for what God has given her to do. She's not caught up in the cost of what she's going to have to sacrifice. Instead, she is caught up in the wonder that the Mighty One has done great things for her. Her soul glorifies the Lord, and yet ahead of her lies a path of incredible difficulty and pain. What Mary said with her mouth, she believed in her heart. She knew God was faithful. We also know that God is faithful. We sing about it. We do Bible studies on it. We talk about it. We pray to him, thankful for his faithfulness. But when life is difficult, when circumstances are challenging, does that faith hold us firm and anchor us in the depths of our beings? Mary's faith did. Life is hard. Look at our world. It's unpredictable and painful and it rarely turns out as we expect. And I have come to learn that I need to battle with myself to not let the awfulness rob me of the goodness that I have found and gained in my relationship with Jesus. After spending three months with Elizabeth, Mary goes back to Nazareth and I'm guessing she knew that it was unlikely that the people she was returning to would react as well as Elizabeth did. They were going to be shocked, hurt, dismayed, disappointed, doubtful even. They're going to express every other emotion that a fiancé and parents would express when a young and married woman turns up pregnant. However, Mary knew that her God was with her and that he would fulfil his promises. Can I encourage you? Remember that every situation you are in, God's spirit goes with you. In every circumstance, every conversation, he is present because Jesus promised he would always be with us. Warren Worsby said, all God's giants have been weak and ordinary people who did great things for God because they reckoned on him being with them. 
We know the rest of Mary's story. And if you don't, can I please encourage you to read the Gospel of Luke because it's beautiful, painful, challenging and full of love and hope. It's a life-changing narrative, not only for the people whose stories are contained within it, but for each one of us. God gave me a promise a few years ago. In fact, he gave it to me during my first marriage. God promised me that the best is yet to come. And then my first marriage ended. I cried out to God, how could this be the best? You promised me the best is yet to come. But God is always faithful to his promises. And for many years, I thought the best would mean a new husband, perhaps financial security or even good health. Five, six weeks ago, I had an operation on my heart. My health isn't great. But I do have a lovely husband now. God's promise, his best meant hope in the hopelessness, love in the loneliness, acceptance in the rejection, joy in the despair, grace in the injustice, faith in the doubt, and peace in the storm. That is something that I, an ordinary woman living in Swansea in the 21st century, has in common with an ordinary young woman who lived in the first century in Israel. God has proven to me, like Mary, that he is true to his promises. This morning, I'd like to leave two thoughts with you. First, I believe God calls each of us to share our stories with others, to share the difference that he has made to our life journey. Will you have the courage to share the love and life you have found in Jesus with others? Because others need to know that gift that can transform their lives, that can anchor them in life's storms. Second, are you able to ask God to grow your faith so that when the storms and trials of life come into yours, you can hold on to his promises, knowing that he is as faithful in the 21st century as he was in the 1st century? God doesn't want us to act as if there isn't any loss or cost. He himself knows pain. But I believe he does want us to hold on to and share what we have found and gained in him. I don't ever want to forget what I have gained in Jesus. I want to be reminded so that I can share it with others. And so I've had the words, it is well with my soul tattooed on my arms. I'm not suggesting anyone else should do that. I would get in big trouble with the bishop if you did. But maybe we can all find tools that remind us God is for us. God is with us. God loves us. And God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. The best is yet to come, lovely people. God promises us that. And can I encourage you to share that best with others? Amen.
Let's pray. Father, on this Mothering Sunday, we give thanks for the opportunity to be still in your presence. We thank you that whatever our experience of a parent, whether it be good or bad, we enter into the presence of a loving God, a God of compassion and unbelievable love, a God who promises never to forsake us or abandon us. We give thanks for the opportunity to be still in your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for the family of the church, for our brothers and sisters, those that we're bound together with by the love of Jesus, called to be a family, to be your hands and feet in the world, to make your kingdom come on earth just as it is in heaven. We pray for John, our bishop, for the clergy and people of our diocese, and for all those who exercise the ministry of making Jesus known. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks today for our mothers, for the love that they've shown and the sacrifices they've made to enable us to thrive and flourish. We pray too for those who on this day suffer grief in any way, whether because their mothers are no longer with them or because they long to be mothers and yet haven't had a chance to be. God of compassion, we pray that you draw close to them. You be with them, that you be their comfort and their strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who bear the scars of a bad experience of a mother or a father, for those who bear that pain on a daily basis. Father God, may they know you in a real way today as they worship with us. May your love bring them hope, reassure them that they're loved, and may it be a source of strength and comfort for them as they face the future. We pray for all families, for young and old. We pray too for our children, giving thanks for local schools and as young people grow in knowledge, we pray that they would encounter Jesus who is the source of truth itself, that they would grow in love for him and learn to live as he lived. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our world and particularly for those places at the moment where people's lives are torn apart by war and conflict. We continue to pray for the situation in Ukraine, that there would be a change of hearts and minds among the Russian leaders. We pray for miraculous intervention in that situation. In Ukraine, we pray for families on the ground who are torn apart by the effects of war. We remember especially those who at this time are in the middle of labour and have to bear the birth of a child in really difficult circumstances. We pray too for those who are experiencing the pains of war, whether that be physically, 
emotionally or mentally. Heavenly Father, bring them comfort and peace, a peace that is stronger and deeper than anything the world can ever offer. We pray too for the leaders of the nations, those who bear the burden of responsibility, internationally, nationally and locally. We pray for all those who represent us in Parliament and local government, that they would do justly, love mercy and walk humbly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, finally we pray for ourselves. We praise you because in your compassion you accept us just as we are. In your unbelievable love for us, you don't allow us to stay as we are, but you change us, you transform us, so that in our lives, well lived out, others might catch a glimpse of Jesus and tumble into the kingdom. Mindful that we may be the only Bible that some people ever read, we pray for the grace to live out our callings, to be more like Jesus, to allow our words and our ways to be more like his. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Diolch If there's anything we can do for you throughout the week, remember to get in touch, whether that's practical help or spiritually, we are always here for you. Also remember that our Lenten course is still carrying on, so if you want to delve deeper into Hebrews with us, there's an opportunity to do that this Wednesday evening at St David's in Lacher at seven o'clock. If you haven't been before, we would love to see you. And there's always something that we can learn with one another and from each other. So as the week begins, let me pray for God's blessing over us. Bendith diw hollalliog, y tad y mab ar y sbridglan a fôn eich plith ac adrigo gyda chi'n wastad. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.